Section 11 of Faraday as a Discoverer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Faraday as a Discoverer by John Tyndall. Section 11 Discovery of Diamagnetism Researches on Magnacrystallic Action. Faraday's next great step in discovery was announced in a memoir on the magnetic condition of all matter communicated to the royal society on december eighteenth eighteen forty five one great source of his success was the employment of extraordinary power as already stated he never accepted a negative answer to an experiment until he had brought to bear upon it all the force at his command he had over and over again tried steel magnets and ordinary electromagnets on various substances but without detecting anything different from the ordinary attraction exhibited by a few of them stronger coercion however developed a new action before the pole of an electromagnet he suspended a fragment of his famous heavy glass and observed that when the magnet was powerfully excited the glass fairly retreated from the pole it was a clear case of magnetic repulsion he then suspended a bar of glass between two poles the bar retreated when the poles were excited and set its length equatorially or at right angles to the line joining them when an ordinary magnetic body was similarly suspended it was always set axially that is from pole to pole faraday called those bodies which were repelled by the poles of a magnet diamagnetic bodies using this term in a sense different from that in which he employed it in his memoir on the magnetization of light the term magnetic he reserved for bodies which exhibited the ordinary attraction he afterwards employed the term magnetic to cover the whole phenomena of attraction and repulsion and used the word paramagnetic to designate such magnetic action as is exhibited by iron isolated observations by brugmans Bacquerel, lebalif seguet and Seebeck had indicated the existence of a repulsive force exercised by the magnet on two or three substances but these observations which were unknown to faraday had been permitted to remain without extension or examination having laid hold of the fact of repulsion faraday immediately expanded and multiplied it he subjected bodies of the most various qualities to the action of his magnet mineral salts acids alkalis ethers alcohols aqueous solutions glass phosphorus resins oils essences vegetable and animal tissues and found them all amenable to magnetic influence no known solid or liquid proved insensible to the magnetic power when developed in sufficient strength all the tissues of the human body the blood though it contains iron included were proved to be diamagnetic so that if you could suspend a man between the poles of a magnet his extremities would retreat from the poles until his length became equatorial soon after he had commenced his researches on diamagnetism faraday noticed a remarkable phenomenon which first crossed my own path in the following way in the year eighteen forty nine while working in the cabinet of my friend professor Noblock of marburg i suspended a small copper coin between the poles of an electromagnet on exciting the magnet the coin moved towards the poles and then suddenly stopped as if it had struck against a cushion on breaking the circuit the coin was repelled the revulsion being so violent as to cause it to spin several times round its axis of suspension a silver groschen similarly suspended exhibited the same deportment for a moment i thought this a new discovery but on looking over the literature of the subject 
it appeared that faraday had observed multiplied and explained the same effect during his researches on diamagnetism his explanation was based upon his own great discovery of magnetoelectric currents the effect is a most singular one a weight of several pounds of copper may be set spinning between electromagnetic poles the excitement of the magnet instantly stops the rotation though nothing is apparent to the eye the copper if moved through the excited magnetic field appears to move through a viscous fluid while when a flat piece of the metal is caused to pass to and fro like a saw between the poles the sawing of the magnetic field resembles the cutting through of cheese or butter this virtual friction of the magnetic field is so strong that copper by its rapid rotation between the poles might probably be fused we may easily dismiss this experiment by saying that the heat is due to the electric currents excited in the copper but so long as we are unable to reply to the question what is an electric current the explanation is only provisional for my own part i look with profound interest and hope on the strange action here referred to faraday's thoughts ran intuitively into experimental combinations so that subjects whose capacity for experimental treatment would to ordinary minds seemed to be exhausted in a moment were shown by him to be all but inexhaustible he has now an object in view the first step towards which is the proof that the principle of archimedes is true of magnetism he forms magnetic solutions of various degrees of strength places them between the poles of his magnet and suspends in the solutions various magnetic bodies he proves that when the solution is stronger than the body plunged in it the body though magnetic is repelled and when an elongated piece of it is surrounded by the solution it sets like a diamagnetic body equatorially between the excited poles the same body when suspended in a solution of weaker magnetic power than itself is attracted as whole while an elongated portion of it sets axially and now theoretic questions rush in upon him is this new force a true repulsion or is it merely a differential attraction might not the apparent repulsion of diamagnetic bodies be really due to the greater attraction of the medium by which they are surrounded he tries the rarefication of air but finds the effect insensible he is averse to ascribing a capacity of attraction to space or to any hypothetical medium supposed to fill space he therefore inclines but still with caution to the opinion that the action of a magnet upon bismuth is a true and absolute repulsion and not merely the result of differential attraction and then he clearly states a theoretic view sufficient to account for the phenomena theoretically he says an explanation of the movements of the diamagnetic bodies and all the dynamic phenomena consequent upon the action of magnets upon them might be offered in the supposition that magnetic induction caused in them a contrary state to that which it produced in ordinary matter that is to say while in ordinary magnetic influence the exciting pole excites adjacent to itself the contrary magnetism in diamagnetic bodies the adjacent magnetism is the same as that of the exciting pole this theory of reversed polarity however does not appear to have ever laid deep hold of faraday's mind and his own experiments fail to give any evidence of its truth he therefore subsequently abandoned it and maintained the non-polarity of the diamagnetic force he then entered a new though related field of inquiry having dealt with the metals and their compounds and having classified all of them that came within the range of his observation under the two heads magnetic and diamagnetic 
he began the investigation of the phenomena presented by crystals when subjected to magnetic power. The action of the crystals had been in part theoretically predicted by Poisson and actually discovered by Plücker, whose beautiful results, at the period which we have now reached, profoundly interested all scientific men. Faraday had been frequently puzzled by the deportment of bismuth, a highly crystalline metal. Sometimes elongated masses of the substance refused to set equatorially. Sometimes they set persistently oblique, and sometimes even, like a magnetic body, from pole to pole. The effect, he says, occurs, occurs at a single pole, and it is then striking to observe a long piece of a substance so diametic as bismuth repelled, and yet at the same moment set round with force axially, or end on, as a piece of magnetic substance would do. The effect perplexed him, and in his efforts to release himself from this perplexity, no feature of this new manifestation of force escaped his attention. His experiments are described in a memoir communicated to the Royal Society on December 7, 1848. I have worked long myself at magnacrystallic action amid all the light of Faraday's and Plücker's researches. The papers now before me were objects of daily and nightly study with me eighteen or nineteen years ago, but even now, though their perusal is but the last of a series of repetitions, they astonish me. Every circumstance connected with the subject every shade of deportment, every variation in the energy of the action, almost every application which could possibly be made of magnetism to bring out in detail the character of this new force, is minutely described. The field is swept clean, and hardly anything experimental is left for the gleaner. The phenomena, he concludes, are altogether different from those of magnetism or, or diamagnetism. They would appear, in fact, to present us Quote, a new force, or a new form of force, in the molecules of matter, end quote, which, for convenience sake, he designates by a new word as the magnacrystallic force. He looks at the crystal acted upon by the magnet. From its mass, he passes, in idea, to its atoms, and he asks himself whether the power which can thus seize upon the crystalline molecules, after they have been fixed in their proper positions by crystallizing force, may not, when they are free, be able to determine their arrangement. He, therefore, liberates the atoms by fusing the bismuth. He places the fused substance between the poles of an electromagnet powerfully excited, but he fails to detect any action. I think it cannot be doubted that an action is exerted here, that a true cause comes into play, but its magnitude is not such as sensibly to interfere with the force of crystallization which, in comparison with the diamagnetic force, is enormous. Perhaps, adds Faraday, if a longer time were allowed, and a permanent magnet used, a better result might be obtained. I had built many hopes upon the process. This expression, and his writings abound in such, illustrates what has already been said regarding his experiments being suggested and guided by his theoretic conceptions. His mind was full of hopes and hypotheses, but he always brought them to an experimental test. The record of his planned and executed experiments would, I doubt not, show a high ratio of hopes disappointed to hopes fulfilled, but every case of fulfillment abolished all memory of defeat. Disappointment was swallowed up in victory. After the description of the general character of this new force, Faraday states with the emphasis here produced in its mode of action, quote, The law of action 
appears to be that the line or axis of magnacrystallic force being the resultant of the action of all the molecules tends to place itself parallel or as a tangent to the magnetic curve or line of magnetic force passing through the place where the crystal is situated End quote. this magnacrystallic force moreover appears to him quote, to be clearly distinguished from the magnetic or diamagnetic forces in that it causes neither approach nor recession consisting not in attraction or repulsion but in giving a certain determinate position to the mass under its influence End quote. and then he goes on quote, very carefully to examine and prove the conclusion that there was no connection of the force with attractive or repulsive influences End quote. with the most refined ingenuity he shows that under certain circumstances the magnacrystallic force can cause the center of gravity of a highly magnetic body to retreat from the poles and the center of gravity of a highly diamagnetic body to approach them his experiments root his mind more and more firmly in the conclusion that it is quote, neither attraction nor repulsion that causes the set or governs the final position end quote, of the crystal in the magnetic field that the force which does so is therefore quote, distinct in its character and effects from the magnetic and diamagnetic forms of force on the other hand he continues it has a most manifest relation to the crystalline structure of bismuth and other bodies and therefore to the power by which their molecules are able to build up the crystalline masses End quote. and here follows one of those expressions which characterize the conceptions of faraday in regard to force generally quote, it appears to me impossible to conceive of the results in any other way than by a mutual reaction of the magnetic force and the force of the particles of the crystal upon each other End quote. he proves that the action of the force though thus molecular is an action at a distance he shows that a bismuth crystal can cause a freely suspended magnetic needle to set parallel to its magnacrystallic axis few living men are aware of the difficulty of obtaining results like this or of the delicacy necessary to their attainment Quote, but though it thus takes up the character of a force acting at a distance still it is due to that power of the particles which makes them cohere in regular order and gives the mass its crystalline aggregation which we call at other times the attraction of aggregation and so often speak of as acting at insensible distances End quote. thus he broods over this new force and looks at it from all possible points of inspection experiment follows experiment as thought follows thought he will not relinquish the subject as long as a hope exists of throwing more light upon it he knows full well the anomalous nature of the conclusion to which his experiments led him but experiment to him is final and he will not shrink from the conclusion quote, this force he says appears to me to be very strange and striking in its character it is not polar for there is no attraction or repulsion and then as if startled by his own utterance he asks quote, what is the nature of the mechanical force which turns the crystal round and makes it affect a magnet i do not remember he continues heretofore such a case of force as the present one where a body is brought into position only without attraction or repulsion End quote. Plücher, the celebrated geometer already mentioned who pursued experimental physics for many years of his life with singular devotion and success visited faraday in those days and repeated before him 
his beautiful experiments on magneto-optic action faraday repeated and verified blucher's observations and concluded what he at first seemed to doubt that blucher's results and magnocrystallic action had the same origin at the end of his papers when he takes a last look along the line of research and then turns his eyes to the future utterances quite as much emotional as scientific escape from faraday i cannot he says at the end of his first paper on magnocrystallic action conclude this series of researches without remarking how rapidly the knowledge of molecular force grows upon us and how strikingly every investigation tends to develop more and more their importance and their extreme attraction as an object of study a few years ago magnetism was to us an occult power affecting only a few bodies now it is found to influence all bodies and to possess the most intimate relations with electricity heat chemical action light crystallization and through it with the forces concerned in cohesion and we may in the present state of things well feel urged to continue in our labors encouraged by the hope of bringing it into a bond of unity with gravity itself end of section eleven